Thanks for being here, Nemo. All right. Nice being here. Thank you, Daniel. What can children teach us? <laughs> right. Mm. Right. <laughs> He's like starting off with a shotgun. We're going deep. Usually people massage you in. <laughs> like, hey, where are you from? Oh, it's so sweet. Lost it out from there. Oh, no, we got some roots. <laughs> Mahatma Gandhi has a wonderful quote. He says, um, the law of love can best be understood and learned through little children. Um, and I think on our spiritual path, what's very interesting is we start off as children, and then we get conditioned and rewired from a sense of purity and a sense of awareness and a sense of awe and a sense of just being, to then condition, yeah. to judge, to plan, to strategize, to hoard, to protect, to do all these things. And then what's interesting is when we start hearing all these spiritual teachings of the world, it's about going back to being children. Yeah. Oh, no, simplify. Oh, stop judging. Oh, just speak what your, do what your heart says. And you're like, oh, wait, that's, that's what we used to do when we were kids. <laughs> and so it's interesting that kids teach us. Uh, for me, I always see kids and animals as similar, and I, and I treat them both very similarly and I have it my whole voice changes when I start interacting with kids or animals and um, it's this one that you're you're interacting with a pure being you know and I think that's what children teach teach us is that um, this word <laughs> seriously like this word right here I don't know if you can see it but um, this idea of how do we just be and when we're being, we're not doing anymore. We're still offering whatever we're offering to the world, but we're just actually removing all the layers and going back to the essential kind of pure space that us as organisms on this planet come from, you know? So we're unlearning, in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. We're unlearning, we're rewiring, we're reconditioning, we're restarting, we're refreshing to go back to that space that kids provide us that, you know, that that lesson from and yeah. I think they teach us <laughs> so much yeah yeah good and what are the simplest ways our education system can be changed to support a peaceful world oh, I always have this dream that one day in homeroom class of every school across the world we will provide for five minutes of stillness and just use that space of silence as a offering to children at a young age to realize that it's okay just being. And it's okay to be without judgment for a few moments. And it's okay to use that time to send positive thoughts to the world. And it's okay that there's so much craziness going on in the world, but what can we do? What's the small thing we can offer to plant that seed? Um, it's just like just this, a dream that we have all these subjects, math, science, social studies, and beyond. And can we just add one subject called being or positive living or mindful living? or And that just becomes 
part of the daily routine of our offering to the world. And when we plant those seeds at a young age for children, you know, who knows? You know, what happens is we end up spending all our lives trying to rewire and get back, but what if we were able to plant seeds of just those positive values? Take out a subject, heck. <laughs> who cares if we don't have math or science? But just add one subject for 50 minutes or for even five minutes where we're just like absorbing the importance of being a good human being, you know? Right. I think that would be the I feel, I feel I always have a dream, like what if we had that subject? That was homeroom right there, Right. you know? Yeah. Last six, five, six years, I've been living in the Gandhi ashram, Mahatma Gandhi cultivated a space for 13 years in India in a town called Ahmedabad uh, after moving from South Africa back to India and that's where I've been staying and so really been able to absorb a lot of his life lessons and I think one of the ones that sums it up for him is we must be the change we wish to see in the world and um, there's a story of a journalist walking with him and he was in a big crowd and he was going on a train and the journalist said, Gandhiji, Gandhiji, I just need one moment of your time. Could you, if you had to sum it all up, what's your message? Like you have so many different things that you do and think and offer. And he said, and he said, oh, you know, um, he, he kind of went quiet and he said, looked at the journalist and said, you know, my life is my message. And then he kept walking. And he didn't have a message. He just said, you just got to be it. You got to live it, you know? So I think, yeah, I think uh, what we, how we are amongst the seven point odd billion people and the other trillions of other beings on this planet is all we have access to. And that being in its own way ripples out, but we have to be humble enough also to be like, even if it doesn't change the world, it doesn't matter. I just need to, I am responsible for my own being. I think it's important that we create our own reality. For some, the ideas of love and kindness sounds airy-fairy or not practical. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if you could just address that, and maybe from a Gandhian you know, approach or your own thoughts. Love is a big word, to be honest. And I have a shirt that says love on it, and I sometimes am like, man, this is a big statement you're putting on your, sh on your shirt. Um, but it's up to us individually, I think, to really try to understand what we want to offer through that message. Because it is. It is a very lovey-dovey. Um, it could be a very airy and spacey word if we're not actually um, contemplating, reflecting, and then not only introspection, but then figuring out a way we're going to channel that, whatever that means to us, in our daily life. Yeah. You know, From my perspective, being at the Gandhi Ashram, Gandhiji never used the word love as much. Hmm. He used the word truth. He used the word nonviolence, actually. Yeah. And there was a lot of, for me, in the initial stages of being around that space, I was wondering always, like, wow, what is, why not love? Right. That's more obvious. Is why nonviolence, you know? Right. And um, for me, my learning from it, and I really appreciate um, this kind of uh, process of saying, well, love is amazing if we can ever get to a space of being in that way. But before I even get there, can I practice nonviolence? And nonviolence is a big thing too. How do you get to a space of not being violent in your mind? And so then for me, the, even the step before that is what I feel like I'm trying to practice, and it's a lifelong journey. I don't know if I'll ever reach love, but is non-judgment. So to me, like non-judgment is the beginning 
baby step to even walk towards love, you know? And, and so I do feel like those are wonderful words, but at the root, we have to ask ourselves, where are we not being that? If I want to be kind and I want to be loving, where are the spaces and gaps in my life where I'm not that? And how do I work on that? Because naturally we are the, those things. Like we were talking about kids and children and babies. They're naturally oozing out that purity. Right. So if we are not always oozing that out of our heart and our mind, then where are those gaps that we need to work on? And that's why I feel like it's important to also understand whether to get there, what are the things we need to work on to unlayer, to, to cleanse, to purify, so that whatever the natural being is of love and kindness, that that is able to come out. And it's, it's a practice. It's, it's a work. It's not like an easy thing. Right. We have to be committed to it, you know. The idea of being violent within... It's a practice of saying, well, I don't want to be non, I don't want to be violent. And so what does that mean to me? For me, it'll mean, well, physical is just a projection. So me yelling at somebody or me punching somebody is a projection of what's inside. So true nonviolence needs to start from where, what's that root of, okay, I'm angry right now, but why? Oh, because I'm irritated, but why? Because that person took my, uh, you know, took my phone. Okay, why is that irritating? Oh, because I have this deep attachment to this phone and I'm afraid that if it breaks, okay, so now I'm getting to one small little alleyway root of that it's my own attachment to this material object that then I project on somebody for not wanting them to ruin it. So there's a lack of trust there then I mean, it, it, you know, yeah. there, you have to really dig deep to see where are you suffering. And our suffering comes out in different forms, in annoyance, irritation, yeah. anger. Um, and then the question is the root back to say, why? Why am I feeling that way? Right. And then, oh, this person is, this kid is acting that way. Oh, because I want this kid to be this. I'm projecting my, my own ego is projecting how I want this child to be. They're not being that way. And so now I'm getting upset. And I'm like, oh, it's because... My ego wants my kid or my nephew to be like myself. And there's another. So, so I think in terms of nonviolence, we got to really want to understand ourselves. Yeah. And then root ourselves back. What are the causes? And then if we're truly trying to practice that, then start saying on a daily basis, how am I going to actually start working on this? The way I'm reacting, the way I'm responding. Mm -hmm. And then little by little chip away at that right and that's a way to start cleansing the root of the, of the problem and that's what a lot of people say in spirituality we'll call it self-awareness right or realization and it's really about that it's like at that moment to moment where are we being aware of how we're interacting with this world and how we're re responding and reacting and, and then little by little making those changes yeah beautiful um is our definition of and our understanding of love changing as we become a more peaceful world? Well, I appreciate and I love the projection that as we are becoming more peaceful, that's so beautiful, you know, just to, you know, put ourselves on that path and make sure, like you said, make our, create our own reality. Um, is our definition evolving or changing? I guess, um, that's interesting. I'm not... I mean, I'm not too clear on that, I guess. I that's, guess, that's fine. yeah, I feel like people will have to, 
individually, obviously, go on their own journey as to what it means again. Yeah. What does compassion mean? What does love mean for yeah. them? Collectively, I mean, it feels like we're seeing a spiritual revolution, but it's so narrow. We've been on this planet. Human beings have been on this planet for such a small time frame. And then our generation, our life that we're seeing the lens from has been on even more micro. So I don't know who's to know where we're at on the collective journey of this human species. Right. Um, but I feel hopeful right. because I see the world around us and I see so many beautiful souls like yourself, like our brother Jose. I mean, there's just... It's all there, and even this tour that I've been on for the last six months and the MTN's tour across America, going through all the nooks and crannies of America, and the only one thing that I'm seeing connecting this whole pilgrimage has been the heart. And so to me, it's very bright and hopeful. Yeah. And ultimately, we gotta be bright and hopeful without any attachment to it. Right. Just knowing that we're just planting our seeds and then we're gonna be out of here pretty soon. Right. Whether it's today or 30 years from now, or in between, or whatever it is, you know? Right. When you spoke the other evening, you talked about a love that is for, that includes everyone. Mm. When your goal is to get to the place where you have forgiveness and love for all. Mm. Well, I mean, I think just thinking of that in the heart and saying, how do I get there? I would like to get there is the first step. For somebody to even care to say, yeah, that, that makes sense. Like Cinnamon, that cat over there named Cinnamon and that dog named Gus and that zebra that may not have been given a name because it's in the wild and that plant and that tree and that like I feel like connected to all of them and the human beings how do I feel that more and more so I think sometimes we feel the spirit of oneness um, in moments in our lives yeah. you know you might be at a beach on a horizon and a sunset and something about that perfect moment you feel like you're just like wow for a moment and then it goes away you know and um the question is we have access to that at all times it's just a matter of rewiring the mind and heart back to that space yeah. and so i think um it's possible and it's got to come from an underlying desire from the with from within say I really care to be one with everyone and everything and then the then at that as that initial seed is planted then the journey begins you know and we just walk on the journey we don't reach a destination we have the intention yeah we walk with that intention and then what we start noticing is that when you have an intention the next step is that you want to cultivate it and you want to nurture it and so when you're nurturing and cultivating you're finding all ways to practice and you'll fall down and you'll stop practicing for six months and you'll get back up and six months later you'll be like, man, I wanted, oh yeah, okay, let me try again. Yeah. You'll get back up and you'll start going to Unity Church. You'll start meditating because that'll bring you a peace to then see yourself as one. You'll start watering strangers' plants. Mm -hmm. You'll start feeding not only the homeless, you'll start feeding rich people by giving them hugs. Whatever it is, I mean, it could be anything, but you'll start experimenting in ways that bring you that joy of feeling one with. And then through that, you're going to get, instead of one moment every six months, you're going to get three moments every two months that you feel that. And then two years from now, you're going to be like, wait, every day I'm feeling this interesting blessing. Yeah. 
And then before you know it, you're just like, life is good. And when I leave, that's also fine. I'm not here too long. Might be, to, might be today, might be tomorrow, whatever. Yeah. But I feel blessed right now, you know? So I think it's just a realization from within and then a watering of that. How do we create a better world without judging? Is that possible? Or is that a misinterpretation? <laughs> I think that's the only way to do it. Okay. I don't know if that's impossible. I mean, I don't know you can say that there's yeah. any other way possible. You know, if we're not judging as the only point that we're really forgiving and accepting. And it's hard, man, because in the real world, there's, there's a lot of things that happen where human beings, let's say, are doing really sad things to one another and to other things. And to say that you don't want to judge that is really challenging, yeah. you know? And because people are, well, then you're just letting everything roll. But I guess the idea is you sometimes got to deal with things in a practical way. But you don't put this negative energy upon the person that you're dealing with. Right. You just got to somehow deal with the reality, but with love. So sometimes, like, for example, if I was to take an extreme case of being a police officer and I had to deal with this guy in a certain way and I had to do it and I do it and then I have to put him in jail because he really did a bad thing. I don't know if I was a police officer, then I might sit down and pray for that guy for a little bit. Right. That's our op that's that's a way of balancing out. How do we deal with the reality? Right. And then how do we deal with what my inside heart is really telling me? Right. You know? And there's probably ways of dealing with that person with, with anger, your own anger, letting it come out and be a part of the experience, or with love. With love, right. And you're doing the same physical action, right? but you're actually, your heart is in the right space. And that's, a really, that's really possible, but it's not easy because we're, we're so conditioned to react to that initial feeling that comes inside. And right. a lot of times that shows how we react to romance as well and with attraction. Fear. Or how we react to fear. Okay. I mean, we're reacting. Is the whole point. Okay. And and the idea is, can we can we move towards responding with stillness, you know? And when we respond with that stillness, that balance, then we're actually really kind of in a grounded space. Where if it's somebody that's doing harm, then we're like, man, this person's suffering. And how do I shed my light and love on that and then yet figure out what I got to do with it and just know, man, this, this human being suffering. Let's, it's, it's tough. It's yeah. tough to be in that space, but that's where the stillness practice is really important. So you can look at the, the action that's upsetting as secondary to the, the root, which is the suffering. Suffering of them. Right. You know, Great. That's really... Well, speaking yeah. of practical, you mentioned that word. Do you plug into the news? I mean, how do you manage your own energy? Because mm. I think there's plenty of people wondering this exact question. How do you do that? Do you tune into the news or do you s say no to that? You know, I don't, Paul, well, I don't have a TV. And I don't, I guess the other access I do have is the internet to go on to the news. Uh, TV news I just don't connect with because it's like, a, it's like they're just trying to, you know, it feels like entertainment show. Like the, I was at my brother's house in Denver a few, about a month ago. The first thing that comes up in the morning is they put on the TV and the news is rotating. Right. And I was just thinking, like, man, what if we just had a positive news channel and that's what was rotating in people's houses? Because I know parents would want that for their kids. 
and that was what we were feeding ourselves, you know, and um, that would shift. We've been touring across America. Another thought that came up, Audrey and I were driving. We've driven 8,000 miles in the last three months, and I was just thinking, instead of having, I mean, maybe have all these fast food restaurant signs, two miles, McDonald's, all that stuff, I guess that's they're paying for those advertisements along the road. Right. But what if we just had a positive quote? of something to inspire or plant a seed of goodness. Now, who knows where those ripples go, but I almost feel like we have access to that if we make that. It's kind of like we're talking about the elementary school like or school. What if we offered a few moments of positive thinking and feeling in the beginning of the day of the school? And in the end, there's another quote that I also enjoy, which is love globally and act locally. Yeah. So then it's like wherever I'm at, to where can we, how can we just be of service? Yeah. and still hold the love for the world and know that we don't have to take on the suffering of the world. Right. And then when we have access to helping out different parts, we you know try to do that. I guess we have, that's what I, what I kind of, I guess, yeah. attend to right now. It's almost like a survival strategy could be just to love what's in front of you despite what you're hearing is going on. Mm -hmm. Just keep loving what's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if you have access to wherever the suffering is, then how can you help out in those ways as well? Not to ignore it. Right. But, but I think it's, it's harmful to, to take on the burden of all the world's suffering because there's so much and mm -hmm. it's very egotistical for us to say, the world is suffering. Ah, like, it, like okay, either we got to do something about it or just do good where you're at. Right. But no, no need to just feel depressed because right. the world is suffering, you know, like let that lead into your own action to give back in a good way, you know, be grateful or be kind. The word surrender is important to you. Mm. And I was wondering if you could share um, that meaning. Yeah, surrendering is something, I guess, trying to learn to do more and more of. And I think for me, it's I was wired the other way of like, you mold what you want to do. You create what you want to do. And you are the cause of what you create. This idea that it's like you doing and then the result should be what you want and yeah and that's a painful life you know living that way it's we can easily make it through but there's a lot of suffering involved because your ego is attached to a result you mm -hmm. know and uh, you feel um, like you're in charge you know I feel like I'm in charge or and then when that is happening then I'm protecting everything because I think Everything and everyone's out to damage that, you know? You're trying to shape the circumstances and control. Yeah, and we're really not even in charge of any of that, which is crazy, you know? So then surrender is a, it's a beautiful practice to start learning. I don't know if I'll ever get there fully, but to practice and be on that path of trying to, which is the idea, like, definitely have an intention, you know, definitely anchor yourself out there with whatever your intention is. But then at some point you gotta dance with the way life flows. So it's a balancing act. Absolutely. The, the anchor and the intention and then letting go. And then letting go, you know, and it's um it's this idea of um we there's a song that my buddy Daniel and I wrote together called Planting Seeds and it's this idea that you plant seeds and then after that whatever happens happens mm -hmm. and sometimes you're called to water it and sometimes you're distracted and sometimes you're called to after you plant to leave that space 
but this idea of living in that way where we're planting seeds and then letting go, planting seeds, letting go, yeah. then it's not yours, but you're part of the ecosystem. Right. You know, and uh, when when that space comes about, it's really freeing, actually. This idea of surrender does not mean that we're complacent. You're just, surrender is at a mental level. You know, you're losing the intellectual mind, you're losing the mind game involved with everything. Everything else is still happening. Yeah. And in that space, then it's much more pure. And when you're coming from that, I mean, to me, that's that's the idea of surrender. It's not to say, okay, I'm going to go to sleep. Everything will happen. I surrender. You know, but more so that I'm going to do everything I can. And then whatever happens is fine after that. Right. You know, we were just talking with the kids. Jose and I were just talking with the kids at the school. And the best example for students is like, you study your butt off for that exam and you work hard with a good work ethic and then when the exam comes you take it and then you're done yeah but most of us what we'll do is for the next six days we'll stress over what the result is it doesn't matter right you know it's just like that idea like we offer our best it doesn't mean we're complacent we offer our best and then we just totally let go then moment of truth is not up to us you know yeah and that's a form of surrender nice what advice would you have for someone who's working 50-hour um, weeks and has children and it just feels maxed out and overwhelmed? Are there any practices or ways of making small shifts in perspective that you've found to be really helpful? Yeah, I think one is to step back first. And mm -hmm. just say, why am I here? And while I'm here, how do I want to live it? What are my parameters? What are the constraints that I have that I know I'm committed to? Okay, I have a house mortgage, I have three kids, I have a wife, I have a dog, I have this car, I have this job. Cool. See the blessings in it. Because I could find you a billion, six billion, five billion people that don't have all that. Right. So if you'd like to, you can look into blessings first. And then start to say, how do I want to live within this? And sometimes you might come into a realization that I don't want this, that I don't want this house, that maybe this relationship's not worth, whatever it is, f figure out your, your worldly matters, I think, and see what your relationship is with, all, with it all. Yeah. See what your level of interaction, commitment, all that is. Yeah. Within that context, how can you live the most beautiful life? Yeah. How can you live the life with the least amount of suffering for yourself and those around you? Yeah. And what is creating that suffering that's avoiding you from living that beautiful life? And look into those points and say, how can I change this about myself? Again, all of this stems from if you want to, right. to do all that. Yeah. Because if you want to, that intention's there, then you'll actually start working on it. And through that journey, you'll start eradicating a lot of that suffering. Right. And that is a full-time job in and of itself to try to actually lose all those layers. Yeah. But then as it starts happening, now you're living a blessed life within your context and you've lost the stress or the greed of trying to get that promotion because you realize that in the bigger picture it means nothing yeah. you know you realize that your wife or your husband nagging you at this level that level maybe through your introspection like man actually i just want to practice unconditional love for him or her yeah. and you start acting in a different way your kids you realize that hey i'm planting seeds i'm being the change for them i'm being a good example i can't control them this one wants to be part of this punk rock group this one wants to you know 
lie and cheat, okay, well, I'm just going to keep on loving and doing what I can, and I'm sure they'll come back around. So you start then reacting and responding to different things in your life, and that starts shifting the way you're feeling on a day-to-day basis, you know? And that changes a lot. Yeah. Gandhi was saying the British will leave, and they will do so as our friends. Mm. And this was a statement of fact in his mind, even from the very beginning, like a mantra, an affirmation. And I was wondering if you want to take a shot at an affirmation that feels good. <laughs> Just, we're not comparing you to Gandhi, but but yeah, you've definitely got a not, not anywhere close. Let's <laughs> <laughs> talk about some other Gandhi that we, uh, we don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but we could have some fun with this and just come up with an idea, a statement of what will happen and what we can create <laughs> working together that is beautiful. I believe that we will all make change in this world, one small step at a time. That I guarantee. Yeah. That's what I feel. I'll take it. Yeah. Good. Um, how do people connect with you? Let's just leave uh, a, a chance for you to um, direct people to the beautiful music and your website. So. Sure. Yeah. The um, music um, and the experiment we're doing is called Empty Hands Music. And it's really an experiment to offer music um, from the heart and uh, even videos and music videos, etc., that share a message from the heart. And it's all a gift. So the website is Empty Hands Music. Dot com. And yeah, you can be in touch through there. You can download the album for free or check out the music videos and whatever else that's offered there down the road. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Thanks a lot. Yeah. been a long time running I never knew then what I know I know now that the fruits they always come in but you can't go around just knocking them down it takes a long time to show in we plant the seeds then and we look at them now but the roots are always growing no matter if I'm there or never around